You are listening to the UR Techie Podcast, episode number 136. Welcome to the UR Techie Podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. So many moms returning to work have asked me how to get hired in a job that pays well, but also allows them to be the mom they want to be. And I've seen so many make the mistake of taking a job teaching English at 3 a.m. for $15 an hour. And that's just backward because your skills are highly valuable. And so is your time. That's why I put together a free training to help you jumpstart your tech career by learning about the fields of UX design and front-end development. So you don't waste time on one more side hustle that isn't a career and doesn't give you the flexibility and income your family needs. I only offer these trainings twice a year, and it's available right now at the release of this episode. So sign up now for the helpful and interactive free training, Three Strategies to Jumpstart Your UX Design Career, or Three Strategies to Jumpstart Your Front-End Development Career. Sign up for one, the other. It's all free. Go to uartechie.com slash sign up. That's Y-O-U. A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com slash S-I-G-N-U-P. I'll see you there. Well, hi there. Welcome to the show. I do not want you to go down the rabbit hole. So today we're talking all about what the rabbit hole is and what the rabbit hole isn't. Now, I know that those of you who have been listening likely have some idea about the tech learning rabbit hole and when you're going down it and when you're not. But even some of my more experienced students are going to benefit from this show because I'm going to go into even more detail and nuance than I have in the past. I have seen some of my students who have gotten very far staying out of the rabbit hole only to go into the rabbit hole as a comfort place when it comes time to cross that getting hired finish line. And so I really think that by talking about exactly how this can play out in your life and also how to build systems so you don't go down any rabbit hole is just going to be really helpful. And in fact, I have a couple of systems that I use that I'm going to highlight that I think you're going to find really helpful to your getting hired in tech career as well as just your general personal development. Okay. So we talk about these two major categories of actions that if you take, you get hired in tech. If you build your portfolio and you build your community, you get hired in tech. Boom, that's it. So easy, you guys. It's not easy. Okay. But the challenge is that when we get started, we're going to be spending about 25% of our time on building our community and about 75% on building our portfolio. And you could say 80, 20, fine, but I'm going 25, 75 because I know most of you are not spending enough time building your community. And I get it. It's really uncomfortable when you first get started. Sometimes it feels like this. Tell me if I'm wrong. You go to a meetup, you're worried that you tell people what you're doing, but what if you change your mind and then you're a liar, right? <laughs> I'm breaking into tech, but what if I don't make it? Here's the thing. They're not coming back to find you. 
just remember that when you tell someone sincerely from the place that you are, where you intend to go, that can never be a lie. That's just you having goals and moving towards them. So if your life changes in some massive way or something happens, it's okay. So this is where I say, go to your community before you feel ready. It's okay. My students have proven this over and over again. I just want to tell you, if you're getting started and you're nervous to tell people, we hear you, we understand. And yet you really need to do that because there have been countless people, women and men out there bending over backwards to help our students break into tech. They are so happy to help you. They get it. They're like, there are not enough women in tech. We want to help you. And I can't really name everyone on here, but I do want to just give a shout out to all those people who have helped our listeners, who have helped my students, who have helped people, who've helped women get into tech. It means so much more than you even realize. Even if you just sat down to tell someone your journey and how you did it, it means so much to them. And to those of you listening, I want you to give people this opportunity. I'm telling you, 95% of them are really out there to help you and excited to be a part of your journey. So let them. If you run into someone who is unkind or is a jerk, just move on because that person has no effect on your goals in your future. Okay. So when you get started, 25% building your community, 75% building your portfolio. You're sitting down every day doing the work. That's what you've got to do to get into tech. You have to do the work but you also have to be telling people what work you're doing. That's what it's like in the beginning, okay? When you're getting started, when you're making moves, it's about that. So if you're breaking up your time on your calendar, that's how you can break it up. However, once you have a project pretty much wrapped up, maybe you even have some of those assets in your portfolio and you were working on your second project, something happens. Okay, and just in the beginning, you're at the bottom of the S-curve. It's totally overwhelming. It's like very hard to imagine what this is like. But when you finish a project, when you go all the way through the UX design process or you develop a product and it actually works, something happens in your brain, okay? And you have this, it's just clarity. You just know that you, and it's confidence. You have confidence and clarity that you can actually do this. What happens is you have all this brain space even though you're doing another project for your freelance client and it feels like it's going to be as hard as the first one, but in some ways it's not because you have clarity around what it looks like. So once you've done that one project, you're still working on your second project. You're working on your freelance client, but now your time shifts. And now you're working on 75% building your community. Did you hear me? 75% building your community. And 25% building your portfolio. So that second client, that second project, that client is only taking up 25% of your time. And you might say, Ellen, you're crazy. That's not possible. But here's the problem is that you are going to be done with that before you know. And I know the inclination is to finish that project and then you'll build your community. I get it. It's not as effective. Many of my students can get hired showing the assets of their portfolio even before everything is pulled together as long as you're going through that design process, as long as you're going through that development process. So really what I'm saying is, once you finish that first project, and don't tell me I have a few tweaks, I have a few, no. Once it's basically done, just basically done. 
Now it's 75% building your community and 25% building your portfolio. So you're going to meetups, you're reaching out to people, you're applying to jobs, you're letting them know you're going to be ready, you're talking to them, you're getting out there, okay? If you are not doing that, if you're doing 50-50, you're going down the rabbit hole. You're going down the tech learning rabbit hole. You're putting too much time into the work and not enough into telling people you're ready to work. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow. That is hard medicine to hear, but I am very sure, okay? I'm positive. So I'm so emphatically saying this because I don't want you to stall before the finish line. It's like, no, you've got to get over it. You've got to get over that finish line. So this is what I'm saying when we're talking about not going down the tech learning rabbit hole. It starts at this very high level of how am I spending my time? How am I spending my calendar hour? And yeah, we're going to talk about you got to know how you're spending your time. You're like, well, I don't. Maybe it's blurry. I want you to track your time and I want you to be informed about how you are spending that time. Okay, so what is the rabbit hole? Because it comes in many forms, my friend. And it means don't overlearn. It means don't learn five languages when one will get you into development. But it also means that you're not spending your time on things that aren't moving you forward. And sometimes there's a problem that we have to really dig in and solve. So I want you to ask yourself, like, is this really a problem that needs to be solved? Because the rabbit hole can come in many forms. You can even go down the rabbit hole after you've been hired. That's why I'm going to propose a process that will help you long into your career. And that way you can ensure that you're growing in ways that are adding value to your company and to your life. So that's really what we want to do. We want to be adding value to your company and your life. And not all skills do that. So you want to have that filter. You don't want to know everything just to know everything. It's not worth knowing and memorizing things that you can look up on Google. It's not worth that piece of it. But it is worth getting a little better at, say, Figma every day, getting a little better at solving problems, a little better at JavaScript. It's worth doing that, but it's not worth putting all your time and energy into memorizing every line of code or memorizing every functionality in Figma. That's not going to be the biggest value add. All right. So how you spend your time and how you evaluate it is really important. And my students will tell you, I have a little bit of an obsession with calendars. Okay. I know I'm a little neurotic. I color code it, the whole thing. Okay. And I do want to say when you have maybe less going on, or maybe you're more experienced in your life, you can let go of this a little bit more. I'll probably let go of my calendar when maybe I'm not so crunched and I am confident that the actions I'm taking are exactly the actions that I need to take. But I think a super successful athlete or super successful CEO, they have a routine and it works for them and they know what major steps are actually going to grow them and help them build. And I'm still growing my business. I don't always know the right steps to take. So if I'm trying out a new marketing strategy, I need to know how much time I'm spending on that so that I don't, I spend enough time to test it and make sure that I get the information I need, but I can't spend too much time so that I 
you know, don't serve my students or don't get my podcast done or things like that. But then once I know my marketing strategy, I put it in a to-do list in Basecamp and I put it as a template and then I just make a copy of it and assign the pieces to my team. And that's how my system can work. And that doesn't even require much of my time or cognitive load. But when I'm figuring it out, it requires a lot and I need to know how I'm spending my time. And of course, like with the kids and all that, I've got to make sure that I'm maximizing basically every minute. And I never find putting time on my calendar to be a stressful thing. I find it to be really kind of refreshing when I go to my calendar and I've already told myself what to do. I think I make much better choices ahead of time. Okay, so maybe one day I'll be able to let go of it. But for now, I really like it. And I like having my time accounted for. And I know that if you're breaking into tech, you're changing your identity. You're going to have to do uncomfortable things. And it's much easier to do those if you've decided ahead of time to put them onto your calendar, to show up for that appointment with yourself, and then to do it. And then if you don't do it, look at why you didn't do it. That's basically the key to growth. So if you're just blindly kind of blowing in the wind where your time is and not tracking it and understanding where it's going, time got away from me. No, that's not going to help you grow into the person that you're trying to become. If you're trying to accomplish something new, you can't let time get away from you. You have to be willing to document it and to evaluate it. So I use a lot of tools in my business and in my life to stay on track of things. So I use The Advantage by Pat Lanchoni, and I use that for business purposes. But for my home life, it's the same strategy. Pat also wrote the book, The Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family. And you, Kevin and I, so Kevin works for Pat, and that's my husband. And you can check out episode 71, youartechie.com slash 71, where Kevin and I talk about how we use three questions for our life. And that's really fun. If you want to do that with your spouse, some of my students have found that really effective. For me, it sounded crazy, but I use the same strategy in my business. And that's what Pat advocates. He's like, it's really just the same thing in business and in life. So I use the advantage. So I do want to say that in the advantage, I'm not going to go into all the details here, but I'm going to tell you that there's a rallying cry. And I really like that term rallying cry. And I know there's another, I'm trying to think of another term they use, but I always use rallying cry. I think it's from my days of playing softball, wearing a rally cap. I don't know. Rallying cry to me. I'm like, yes, this is what we're doing. Rallying cry. So rallying cry is like six to eight weeks. Sometimes it's four. Kevin and I have a four week one right now, but generally six to eight weeks. And so what I'm about, I'm actually going to teach you about a different tool. But what I want to tell you is that my rallying cry goes on top of all this. So everything that I use for this next tool is supported. It's feeding into this rallying cry that I'm working towards. So for our home life, we're working on getting the kids situated in the new school. And then before that, it was the move. And then for work, I'm working on some specific partnerships that I'm doing and that everything is filtering into that. All right. So you can go ahead and check out that book. Three big questions for a frantic family. But in this episode, I'm actually going to go into Michael Hyatt's weekly preview and love Michael Hyatt and company. They supported our giveaway with some full focus journals and they do great things there. Both Pat and Michael have podcasts. So check those out. Those are really great podcasts. But in Michael Hyatt's preview, I'm only going to go over step one and step two. And so if you just do step one and step two, you're going to be in a great spot. But 
If you go to michaelhyatt.com, I'm working with the weekly preview download. I highly recommend you sign up for his list. They have so much great free content away, both of those guys. But Michael, I'm talking about specifically. I got this weekly preview because I purchased a course of his and this just came in the package. But I'm pretty sure you can just get the free download or it's in the full focus planner. It's basically his system that he's using. It's a piece of it in the full focus plan. So weekly preview. I'm only going over two steps. The first one is my biggest wins. And he says list three to five major accomplishments from the past week. I was tempted to skip this one, but I knew my students would be really disappointed in me. So I do this one every week. And I love that it says three to five because oftentimes I can come up with more than three. And it's a great time to reflect and celebrate. Be proud of yourself for what you accomplished. I am so prone to just move on to the next thing. And this step one really helps me to center and focus. And again, I do this every week. I go through this weekly preview every week. Okay, step two, after action review. And then it says refer to your last weekly big three. And if you're like, what are the big three? We're about to get into it. But the point is that you did weekly big three from last week. And now it says, how far did you get? And you have to do assign a percentage to it. Michael, I love you in the numbers. It's so great. These are not the wins. These are the weekly big three that we're about to develop, okay? And it's the three things that I said I would specifically focus on last week. And now I'm going to remind you that those three things support my rallying cry. So a little obsessive on the tools, Ellen, I know. But what I want to be sure is that you can't do two different things. If one is not supporting the other, this doesn't work. And this is my own like, you know, secret potion formula. So you could do one or the other of this, but what you don't want to do is do both and they're not, they're different. They're not supporting the other one. So my weekly big three from Michael Hyatt support the rallying cry that I'm doing from Patrick Lanchoni's The Advantage. Okay. So then I have to evaluate, how did I do on my first weekly big three? How did I do on the second one? Sometimes it's like 0%. Sometimes it's 100%. But what I love is that like when we had the house move, so that was one of them that I did. So one was working on my fall launch already. So I love that I'm looking forward. One was some of the relationships that I'm building. And then the third one, I did the house and the move because I knew that with everything going on in our life, I wasn't going to be able to focus on three work things. And so I had to really put set time aside for that. And I've done that in the past. It's normally pretty much work. But when I have big things coming up, I can say, okay, you know what? This is not going, this is going to be a distraction. It's going to take time away. So I love that. So the weekly big three, how did I evaluate it? Okay, now in step two, that was only like A. So I kind of cheated. And Michael kind of cheats because step two has three parts. So 2A, how far did you get? 2B, what worked, what didn't? Okay, this is so important. So what worked about... My weekly big three, hey, focusing on the move and knowing I was going to spend time with it, that worked. Trying to get out of the house and work on having coffees while I was moving in did not work well, (laughs) okay? So then I can look at those things and say, what worked, what didn't? Just from a standpoint, and that's why I love the percentages and the numbers, not from a judgment perspective, but just from an objective standard, hey, that did not work for me. And this is where it really ties in to our three questions for Frantic Family that we work on every week. If I didn't get the support that I needed in the family that week, I can go to Kevin and say, hey, this is not working for me. Or like, hey, you know, our oldest is taking on too much 
working with the, you know, watching the baby because it's summertime. That's not working for us. We've got to make an adjustment. And then we can come from this place instead of constantly being frustrated with one another. We can say, okay, what can we do to change that? How can we support each other in a different way? It's really helpful. And then to see, I would say it's like the creme de la creme, like the piece de resistance. Okay. What will you keep, improve, start or stop doing based on the above? I'm going to say that again, and we're going to really focus on it, and I'm going to take it back to the rabbit hole. What will you keep, improve, start, or stop doing based on the above? So you need to keep some things. Oh, my gosh, I put this in. Don't lose it. Do not lose it. Whatever that piece is, I want to keep it. Or what do I need to improve? Like, it was good that I did it, but I need to improve it. I would say that one is kind of a secret sauce. Definitely, there are a lot of things you're doing like you're doing a good job, but now try to improve it without the pressure, stress, you know, without beating yourself up. Just can you level up a little bit there? Then what do you need to start doing? Or this one is good or stop doing. So for example, stop doing. I know I'll go way back to when I was in grad school. The kids were really little. Xavier, it's my fourth was six weeks. I know. What was I thinking? But I really couldn't do work at the house. And we had a little house in Chicago we renovated. So what did I need to stop doing? Doing work at the house. I had to leave to do work. And that was a really important piece. Some of you could really benefit from leaving the house, go to a coffee shop, go to the library, whatever bookstore, and just get a change of scenery. And like that puts you in that mode. Sometimes you can get into it quicker without the distraction of the laundry or the dishes or whatever. Some of you are not as good at me as I am at ignoring the house. I can be really good at that. Some of you are way cleaner than me. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. But I think it's helpful. So what can, what are you going to stop doing? And now we're going to tie it back to, I hope this makes sense, but when I say don't go down the rabbit hole, what I'm really saying is be accountable to your time. And I think this weekly preview from Michael Hyatt is a great resource to look at your time and understand if you're spending it on the things that are actually moving the needle. Because I have no doubt you're working hard. Honestly, I have no doubt. My students work very hard. I'm sure those of you listening work very hard. When you don't get the results that you want, you just have to critically look at the steps that you're taking and change them in a really objective way. And it can be so helpful. And I think this weekly preview can help you. So let's go back to going down the rabbit hole at a high level in terms of what you're spending your time doing. Because remember, at the beginning, it should look like this. 25% building your community, 75% building your portfolio. Until you have one project completed and you're working on your second project, then it flips to 75% building your community, 25% building your portfolio. Once you've got that one project done, you are going to feel so attached to it. You're going to feel so comfortable working on it. You're going to feel so comfortable tweaking it, knowing it. You're going to always want to go back to that because now that's the comfortable space. And you've just accomplish this big hurdle of learning design and or development that it's still going to feel really good. Like, hey, I'm still learning things. And what I'm saying to you is even if you're learning new things about a Figma or about a script, even if you're learning those, you can still be going down the rabbit hole if you're spending more 
than 25% of your time on your portfolio. What? I know that's harsh. I totally get it. That's why I wanted to share this weekly preview with you because I thought it would really help you to look at your time from a critical standpoint. Okay, one more piece on this. So the way to look at your time is that when you use a time block, try to keep it to 30 minutes. I usually say 25-minute Pomodoros, but 30 minutes, one hour, two hours. Try not to put any more than two-hour time block and break it up with very clear labels on your time. And then in parentheses or however you want to structure it, you could do it at the beginning with a colon, but label it portfolio or community. And then look at your time that way. If you really want to get fancy, go ahead and put some color coding in there. I would love it. So that's how I'm going to tie back to my neurotic calendar. But I think that this is going to really help you to look at when you might be going down the rabbit hole in terms of overdoing it, over learning, overworking, instead of going out there, putting yourself out there and building your community so that you can get hired. And remember, even if this sounds like harsh medicine, I'm just trying to help you get hired so you can earn money faster. So it's all in service and contribute to the world and show them that the value that you can, that you have to give and bring more women to tech. So ultimately it's all good things, but I know it can be scary. So I hope that these tools and this lens will help you to move forward in a way that where you can objectively look at your time and just really support yourself in this growth. So I hope that was fun. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Don't go down the rabbit hole. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.